I'm Goldie Hyder of the Business Council of Canada. Welcome to a special edition of Speaking of Business, conversations with business leaders about the COVID-19 crisis. One constant challenge for governments and health officials through this pandemic has been communication. How do you get important messages out to Canadians? It's something my guest today has been thinking a lot about. As the president and CEO of Palmorix, Sam Sebastian oversees an international weather information and data management company. Through brands like the Weather Network, Palmorix reaches Canadians from coast to coast to coast. How is that reach being put to use in this pandemic? Let's find out. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Thanks for having me, Goldie. Appreciate it. Now, you've been working with governments in terms of your alert system. How is it being used in this crisis? Yeah, first off, let me just do a, a big thanks to all the healthcare workers and myriad of other frontline essential workers in Canada and Spain and the U.S., the three countries where we have offices. You've got to start anything off that way these days. And a special thanks to you and the Business Council for everything that you're doing. We've got a great public-private partnership with the government of Canada. The last 10 years plus, we've managed the, the back end, the technical infrastructure of the emergency alert system. And when this whole crisis began, we worked closely with our provincial council, the emergency management officials within each province, in addition to Environment Canada, are the folks that are alert issuers. And so typically alerts are weather-related. A majority of those are Sometimes they're threat to life type issues like perhaps a wildfire or an amber alert. But we work closely with the provinces to kind of walk through what some of the use cases might be for COVID. And over the last probably two or three weeks, three provinces, Ontario, Nova Scotia, and Saskatchewan, leveraged the platform to deliver COVID updates via the alert system on wireless devices. And so you know, we continue to work closely with the alert issuers as well as the federal government to see how best they could leverage the alert system, which has been a great asset for the country going forward to continue to alert Canadians on, you know, the key information that they need to know. So what impact is the pandemic uh, having on your overall business? I mean, it's a diverse business, but uh, how are you dealing with things? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, we're better than, than some. We're worse than others. Um, we're primarily an advertising business. And so whenever there's uncertainty, advertising typically is the first to go. You know, no one likes uncertainty. And especially if you're a CEO or a chief marketing officer and you're not exactly sure what the future holds, you may pull back some advertising and, and keep some cash on hand for when you have a better sense of what the future is. So we're definitely feeling it. Our platforms, for the most part, like the Weather Network, we're a massive platform, so we're in front of about 60 million users around the world. The number of users, for the most part, has stayed pretty consistent, so folks still need to come to our platforms to, to see what the weather is like for the day. They aren't nearly as engaged, so engagement's probably down 20 25%. Our afternoon traffic, when folks are checking in to see what the drive time commute will be like. We don't see that as much. So we're definitely seeing consumer impact, but most of the feeling is on the advertising side versus the usage side. From a television perspective, you know, we're down a little bit because most folks are going to news-related type sites. But, you know, we'll, we'll survive and thrive again. But boy, it is, it is uh, what, what a challenge to manage through something like this. Now, when you're in the weather business, you're in the prediction business, and you get to some extent some uh, early warning systems, uh, if you will. But you've had an early warning system of your own and when it comes to this pandemic, and that is your operations in Madrid. 
how is it that you were able to learn from what was happening in Spain in terms of, you know, the best practices particularly, and how did that prepare you for what was to come in Canada? Yeah, we've got about 40 employees in Madrid. Uh, we manage the largest weather player there, El Tiempo, and this hit them early and it hit them hard. And so we were, you know, I talked to Carlos who runs our, our team there once, twice a week. And we were just starting to talk about it more in our agenda in the January, February timeframe than our normal one-on-ones. And then late February, early March, it was clear that this was a big deal in Madrid. Our team in Madrid actually shut their office down on March 11th. And that was, that was coming directly from the government. Now, Luckily, we're pretty much a digital shop anymore, so they could do that almost overnight, and we had everyone set up working from home with no major issues. Uh, we didn't see nearly as many kind of Canadian companies taking early action like that because they, they probably didn't have the forecast that we were seeing with respect to Madrid. So two days later, we made the decision on Wednesday, the day that, uh, that Spain went working from home. We announced it to the employees on a Thursday, and we moved everyone home on Friday, the 13th of March. And, you know, that was 450 employees across four offices, one in the U.S. and then three in Canada. And we were prepared and we moved early, which we felt was the right thing to do. Luckily, over the last couple of years, we had been doing our own digital and technology transformation inside the company. So we had the tools in place and the culture and kind of the communication protocol and the development approaches, et cetera. It was very agile type of setup that we really were able to do that without any major missteps. The hardest part was television programming. So we have six feeds in two languages in Canada, and we kept a skeleton crew, three shifts of maybe 10 folks in the office at once. And that was the, that's all that we have in our Oakville office to continue to make sure the television feeds worked well. But many of our on-camera presenters, our editors, our writers worked from home, and we just had a little bit of a head start given what we were seeing in Madrid. I think the second part about watching our team in Madrid go through this, we've only had one case of COVID and it was in Madrid. And we have an all hands now every Friday as we're dealing with this. And I had Carlos come and speak to the rest of the company two or three weeks in because I wanted the company to hear the health toll that this was taking. In Canada, we just hadn't seen the surge yet. But in Madrid, they were living it, and you could just see it in Carlos's eyes and the stories he was telling about. And luckily, our one case of COVID is, is healthy and back home. But you had relatives who were passing away who were extremely sick. And it was just a, just a really tough situation, but it provided the type of empathy and knowledge for the folks working overseas here in Canada to understand what might be along the way and also just to be there for the employees in the time that they need the most. Well, the next thing that you know we're focused on is, of course, how do you responsibly restart the economy without triggering a second wave? Again, something we can learn from other countries. Effective testing and tracking seem to be at the core of it. Now, how can you, given uh, you know the nature of your business, perhaps be helpful with the tracking side of things? This is kind of our business. In order to send dedicated forecasts to our users on the go, we ask them when they download our app if we can have their location. And so we're kind of in this location tracking business in some ways. We have a a super high bar on privacy. We're extremely conservative. And so we're very careful and responsible with how we use that particular data. 
but we know the business. And so we've been talking to the government as they look at various different ways and different use cases of leveraging data for contact tracing, for exposure notification. I used to work at Google for 11 years, so I know kind of what Google and Apple are doing with their new exposure notification platforms. And then we've also begun to kind of collect some anonymized and aggregated insights about how Canadians are moving about or not. And if that can be helpful, the government will work with them as well. So it's mostly just been kind of an advisor to a few of the different groups within the government as they navigate the best way to leverage technology in the right way with a a kind of a privacy first approach, which we've always kind of uh, taken as they kind of navigate this next phase of uh, the response to the virus. So speaking of navigating, how are you navigating as a leader in terms of, you know, your employees, providing them the confidence and the reassurance and and, and the ability to continue to do what you do well, which is, you know, innovate and relying on editorial ideas and things like that. How, how are you doing it? You know, it's been interesting. I've been at this company, leading the company for the last two and a half years, and we've had a kind of a transformation and strategic plan in place for the last two where it's a cultural evolution and transformation communications. I'm a big believer in authentic leadership and vulnerability And so I've been kind of putting these seeds in place, transparency over communication. I've been putting these seeds in place the last two years, and we've had to leverage every bit of that transformation over the last seven weeks, six and a half weeks. And had we not begun a lot of the work that we have done culturally and gotten employees comfortable with ideas coming from everywhere, expecting innovation in every group, being massively transparent so that because we're moving so fast, if everyone doesn't know everything that's going on in the organization and we want to move this fast, how can folks possibly innovate? And so these were some foreign concepts in my first year or two at the company. But now when we need these elements most, we're prepared. So for example, we had done one all hands a year when I first started. I wanted to do once a week, but everyone said, oh, that's way too much. We don't need to talk to you that much. As soon as this crisis hit, the organization, almost to an employee, said, we need to hear from you once a week, what's going on, and we want constant communication. And because they saw how well that worked in the normal environment, and now when we needed it most, everyone has stepped up and applied everything that we've been kind of practicing for the last two years. The big component is this concept that great ideas and innovation come from everywhere. In a moment like this, you need leverage where all 500 employees are coming up with great ideas, changing processes to make them more efficient, figuring out how the heck we're going to be able to put a a 24-7 live weather program on television, but from home. All these great ideas, I don't have them. I can't figure it out. This is is a, a playbook that's never been written before, but our employees, because they have built the muscles required for this type of pandemic, this type of crisis, they were ready. And that's what I've learned the most and how the company has responded the best is simply we unleashed the employees and we had the technical tools, we had the collaboration, the culture, the agility, the processes in place that allowed basically the employees to take over. I had to set a bit of a vision, make sure that I was open and transparent with the employees as much as possible. But for the most part, our senior management team and our offices in Canada, the US and Spain have really just stepped up, led, and they're getting us through it. 
Thanks for sharing this with us today, Sam. There's a lot of insight, a lot of knowledge in there that I think will be of great value to our listeners. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Goldie. Sam Sebastian is the president and CEO of Palmorix. We've heard a wide range of voices and perspectives on the COVID-19 crisis, and I encourage you to listen to more of our conversations at speakingofbiz.ca or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Goldie Hyder. Thanks for joining us.